Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Larson. Today we're with Francesca Catalini, the photographer and storyteller behind the Sierra Winds Instagram account. Francesca has a passion for capturing some of rural America's remaining treasures before they are forever gone from our landscape. We talk a lot through Rural Revival about the future of our towns, but I also think it's important that we honor the past. And I'm so glad we have people like Francesca who are doing just that. Before we get started, I have some very exciting news. I am partnering with my friend Mary Heffernan of Five Marys Farms to bring you the Five Marys and Rural Revival Mastermind Workshop, which will be held May 11th through 14th in Pahuska, Oklahoma. And registrations are now open. This workshop is designed for anyone building a business to learn valuable skills, be inspired, improve your entrepreneur skill set, and take your business to the next level. We're going to be talking about all things branding, design, marketing, web presence, e-commerce, and finding profit through successful social media strategies. We have a lot of great things planned, and we would love to have you join us. Spots are filling up quickly, so go to youcandoitcourse.com for all the details and to get registered. And now here we go with Francesca Catalini. Okay, well, we are here today with Francesca Catalini, also known as Sierra Wins on Instagram, joining us from rural Kansas. So, Francesca, thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I wanted to have you on here because I think you offer a really unique perspective um, about rural America and preserving, attempting at least to preserve some of our history and honoring that history. So, um, I'm excited to get into that with you. But first of all, tell us a little bit about you. Were you born and raised in Kansas? Um, no, actually, I uh, I grew up in Connecticut. And after I graduated, I moved to Colorado. Okay. And I lived there for several years. And then I moved to Kansas to be with some family. All right. My, my brother, he has MS. And, and I, I moved up here to be near him and help him out. Well, great. Have you always had a love for photography and old buildings? Um, well, I got into photography when I lived in Colorado because uh, it, it's just gorgeous up there. And yes. I lived in a valley. So every direction I looked, there were mountains. And and so that's where I got into photography. I But there I mostly shot landscapes and wildlife. Okay. And, but then, uh, I also, I was talking to my uncle and he was telling me about a relative of mine and her name is Vessie Ann. And she lived in Colorado in a mining town called Cripple Creek. And back then you didn't have a lot of women in the town and she actually had a claim and you didn't have a lot of women in the town. The men way outnumbered the women. So, uh, she carried these pearl handled pistols, which I wish I still had to this day, but <laughs> she carried those pistols to protect herself. And from there, I started getting interested in the old mining towns and the old ghost towns in Colorado. Uh-huh. And so that's how I got into, that's how I originally got into my love of shooting the buildings and the abandoned buildings and dying towns. Wow. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by those old mining camps. I think that's there's just so much to so much history, so much to look at. So when did you get the idea of putting the two together and starting to post your photographs online and telling stories? 
Um, well, I did that when I when I moved to Kansas. I was like, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to shoot, you know, because uh-huh. it was just such a vastly different from Colorado, vastly different. So I was like, I'm really not sure what I'm going to shoot now. And my Instagram was pretty new at the time. So I started shooting sunsets. And then I thought, well, you know, I, I was into the history. So I was like, well, maybe I'll go find some old barns. Well, I drove around the back roads. I couldn't even find any barns anywhere. And which surprised me, but there are some, but they're not like I expected. You know, I thought there'd be one here and one there. I thought they'd be all over, but uh, instead I was finding open farmland. So I started getting further out from where I live and branching out more rural areas and more back roads. And I came across a farm and walking around the farm and looking around, I started thinking about who used to live there and what their life was like. And so I went home and I started researching it. And from there, I kind of started putting the two together. I love that. So you actually share fascinating stories of the past life of these buildings and places. Why do you think it's important to tell these stories and to keep that history alive? Well, that really, really struck home with me when I went and shot this schoolhouse up near Nebraska. And when I went to research it, I asked the people in the town and they were like, well, the only thing I know is a lot of photographers seem to like it. So then I I spoke to the school board. They knew nothing. They didn't even know the name. They knew nothing. I spoke to people in neighboring towns. I spoke to historical societies. I looked through old newspapers. I went to the library and tried to find something. I couldn't find anything on that school. And finally, someone gave me a number to a, a lady that lived probably two miles from the school. And it was a landline number. It wasn't even a cell number. And she was 98 years old. Mm-hmm. And she was so eager to tell me about the school. And But she was also dumbfounded. She was like, I, I can't even believe you want to know. My kids don't even want to know. And she goes, but all right, I'll tell you. But she seemed so eager once she got talking to tell me about it. And after that, I got to thinking, you know, it's not only these places that I need to capture, you know, before they're gone, but the history sometimes is only, only lies with people like, like Betty. Yeah. You know, and when she's gone, the history's gone. Like I expected the historical society to know something or the school board, but nobody knew anything about it. Yeah. So that kind of struck a chord with you and you're like, maybe, maybe this continues, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's important to keep it alive and it's just, it's vanishing so fast. Right. Some of these places I go to, they're decaying in front of my lens. I'll go and they look like this. And the next time I go back, they're in a a totally different condition. And one day I'll go back and they'll be gone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I go to find these places and I get a tip on a place and I'll go to find it and I miss it by a week or two. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm curious, how do you find these places? Do you just, do you do a lot of research? Is it all tips now that people know that you do what you do? I'm sure they reach out to you too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I rarely share locations because of the fact that, all these places, although they're seemingly abandoned, they're left to decay. Uh-huh. And they're out in the open with nothing around for miles, as far as you can see. But that's still somebody's property. Yep. And 
you know, I've I've seen a lot of these places when they become real popular, they either fence them off like a house near Marquette. You can't even get near it now. You can shoot from the road or bust out your long lens, but you can't get near it like I have in the past because too many people start showing up and then they're afraid someone's going to get hurt. They're going to be liable mm-hmm. or they just tear them down. Yeah. And the way I find them, though, is either sometimes I'll see somebody post with a location or or I just I'm driving and I come across them. That happens with a lot of them. Or I'll have a random idea where something is, and then I just go and try to find it and maybe ask people along the way. So, yeah, that's how I find them. I love (laughs) it. Um, So as far as the stories go, then, do the stories come first and then the photos? Or is there a certain process or just kind of take it as it comes? (laughs) Well, it's, it's. So far, it's always been the places first. Okay. I find the places and then I, I try to research them. I've, uh, the way I research them is I go through old newspapers. I, you know, a lot's changed since COVID. This, most of this is pre COVID, but, sure. um, I've worked ways around it now. But anyway, I'd go through old newspapers. You go to the library, you dig through books and, and you can get a lot of old newspapers there, either on film or they, they have the actual papers sometimes. I read old books in the library. I talk to historical societies, as many people as I can talk to in the area. Um, just I go to graveyards to get names and dates. Okay. And I just I just feel it's really important to have several several sources for each story because each source offers a piece to the puzzle, and you can't really get a complete story from one source. And you can you can not only add to the story, you can confirm facts that way, you can find timelines that way. It it's really important to have several sources. Yeah. Well, it's such a cool way to honor these buildings and these histories. You now have kind of you've gained quite a following and um it must be fun to see that other people this matters to them too. So Tell us about your heart for preservation and like how these photos and these stories help with that. Because obviously we can't save all these buildings, but do you have any stories where because of what you've done, you've, you've helped save some of these buildings? Um, I, I can't personally take credit for that yet. I mean, that, that would be an interesting way to go. There is a gentleman that I recently posted a church and it turns out that one of his relatives built it, and he didn't even know that they had planned to tear it down. A historical group wanted to tear it down and rebuild it on their property, but a smaller scale. But, I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do, and I think it should be saved. Yeah. But in my, in my opinion, I think it's more important to save them in the location they were built in because that land has just as much history for the people as as the building, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's where the people would walk to church and walk inside, and that's the road that they would walk out on. And it's still on a beautiful dirt road out in the middle of nowhere in a little meadow off the edge of a field. And it just sits out there all alone, but I would rather it be saved in the location that it's in. But yeah, I would I would really be interested though in 
I'll look into that, you know, trying to save some of these places. I've been trying to save their history, but. Well, and that's an important part of it too. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. We talk a lot through rural revival about the future of our towns, but I also think it's so important that we honor the past and, you know, a lot of our towns have incredible past histories, but our job now, I think, in our generation is how to create new history for these towns. So why is it important to connect the town's past history with its future history? What connection do you see there? Oh, I see that's a hard one for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that I think it's just important not to forget your past, know how your town became what it was, you know, and it's because of the past and the people that lived in the past that you have your towns, you know, you wouldn't even have your town if it wasn't for them. And I, I just think it's important to honor that and remember that. And there's a little town here in Kansas called Paxico and they're trying to revive their town. Well, I was there pre COVID and they were they had a little art studio set up and it's a beautiful beautiful town and it has a lot of the press tin on the front of the old buildings and they're just trying to get people to come back they have up in that area they have like a fall maple festival that i wanted to go to but then covid hit yeah so um but like a town like that i think could be saved through you know promoting it and telling the history like i do but some of these towns I know are doomed and some of them are already gone. Right. You know, which I think is sad, but. Well, and I think you're, I think you hit on a key point there. You know, a lot of times it's the history that can propel the town forward because it is such, so ingrained in the town's culture. I know I'm from a farming community and yes, that's a big part of our past, but it's also a big part of our future. So I do think there is a way to bridge that gap. You're 100% right. Yeah. What's one of the favorite places that you have photographed or maybe one of your favorite stories? Well, I, I definitely love a church in, the church in Lost Springs. Is that in Kansas? That's, yeah, that, okay. that's a very beautiful place to photograph. Um, I think that one and there's another church, which they don't let you get to anymore, but you can see it from the highway in Trinidad, Colorado, St. Aloysius. That was an old mining town. And just the front of the church is all that remains. And it's up on a hill overlooking the town, well, the ruins of the town. And for me, that was a real magical place. I I really liked that place. What's one of the more interesting stories that you've stumbled across? Diamond Springs, there's not much left there, but that that was a crazy story. Uh, it turns out that um, during the Bleeding Kansas, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes. Been, yeah, Kansas was trying to be a free state, and then you had Missouri, who is a slave state, and people from that side of the border would come over here, and I imagine we did the same thing to them, but but they would come over here and, you know, cause trouble, kill people, rob, loot. And it was a stage station. And that stage station was like the last stop on the Santa Fe Trail 
before you got to a part of the trail called Journey of the Dead Man. Because be past that trail, past Diamond Springs, you had um, no water for a very long time, a lot of Indian attacks, a lot of attacks from, you know, bad elements. It was just a very dangerous part of the trail. Well, that stage station was run by, it was one of the most beautiful stage stations they had. It was all built of limestone. They had a corral, a big hotel building that you could stay in and eat in. And they came down here. They killed the owner of the station and they shot his wife, but she survived and they burned it down. And now one of the corral buildings is still standing and part of the walls of the hotel. And wow. that's it. That's all that's left. That's pretty fascinating. Oh, um, I'm telling you, there's some crazy stories to these places. Just crazy stories. I try to find stories that I think are like interesting or like pique my interest. Some, sometimes I have just your basic history, but a lot of the times I try to find something that catches my eye and I'm like, wow, if I think this is interesting, maybe my readers will think it's interesting. Yeah, I love it. And you do such a good job of telling those stories on your Instagram and your photography is amazing. Have you been surprised by how many people have been interested? Oh, I'm extremely surprised. Yeah, I really am. I've, I've had, um, well, you reached out to me, Abandoned Colorado. I did a po- podcast with them. I've, um, Mike Wolf of American Pickers reached out to me and he did a he did an article on me in his blog, his two lanes blog. Yep. And then, um, there was, there was something else. Oh, Michael Raymond James. He's a actor. He follows me and he reached out to me. So telling me how much he loves history and he loves my account. So that, that was amazing. I love it. You just never know who you're going to reach. You don't, you don't. And I've had people pre-COVID ask me to come to their towns and put on a slideshow presentation and I'm, I'm working on a book currently. So it's, it's really opened a lot of doors that surprised me. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I can't wait for the book. That will be amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So how do we follow along and keep up with all the, all that you're doing, all your latest pr- projects? Um, well, currently the only, the only platform I'm on is Instagram. So that would be through, you could look up Sierra Wins or Francesca Catalini and I should pop up. Perfect. So I encourage everybody to go check out Sierra Wins on Instagram. It's a beautiful account. You're going to love the stories. Francesca, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, I love what Francesca is doing and how she has found a great way to honor these buildings and stories and their role in history. I encourage you, preserve that town history that you have left. Interview the people who know that history before they're gone. Capture that important information and honor your town's past and its legacy. And if you have a great place for Francesca to come and shoot, send her a DM and let her know about it. Thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast. I hope to see you in Pahuska at the Mastermind Workshop. Remember, go to youcandoitcourse.com for all the details and to get registered. Have a great day, everybody.